When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I love it. I absolutely love when the players come up to me and say, hey, coach, can we use this golf? What do you think about this golf versus this front? Hey, I got a tilt nose here. What do you think about that? That's when you know know you're hitting the mark as a coach, when they're organically asking you for stuff that they have, you know, another tool in their toolbox, another call, another three-man combination, like I said, a sort and protection. When they can start doing that stuff and start auto-correcting, that's when it really gets fun. On today's podcast, we're going to focus on consistency and performance and take a look at some of the things that go into building that consistency to be able to perform at a high level from year to year. And joining me is Matt Jones, who's the run game coordinator at Tennessee Martin. You also know him for his social media handle, at Lime and Lunch. Does a tremendous job with that and certainly does well in coaching his players up. So congrats on a great season, Matt, and thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it, Keith. I'm glad to be back. So let's talk a little bit about your season. Seven and four on the year, co-champs. You did play a tough out-of-conference FBS schedule, uh, University of Tennessee, right after they beat Alabama, and then Boise State, who's playing for the Mountain West Championship. In addition to that, you had nine of your linemen in the past two years earn all-conference honors. So a lot of good things going on there for you at Tennessee Martin. Yeah, we, uh, we Coach Simpson here, uh, schedules are very hard and, and competitive out of conference in terms of who we're going to play. And, you know, we tell guys when we recruit them here that they, they're big-time guys and they deserve the right to play in big-time stadiums. And they go in there with a chip on their shoulder, knowing that those universities may not have recruited them. And we perform – you know, as, as good as we can, and, uh, you know, that's kind of our MO here in terms of those nine men that uh, got an opportunity to receive all-conference honors. We had three first-team offensive linemen and two second-team offensive linemen the last two years. Uh, three of those have been returners from the 21 to 22 class, and then both our starting tight ends. One was a second-team all-conference player last year, and then he is with the practice squad with the Steelers now, and then we had a Redshirt freshman that really performed in the past game for us, who ended up becoming first team all conference. So those guys, it's a testament to them, their work ethic, their drive, the culture that, you know, the player led culture that they have in our room that has kind of led to those successes and also led to the team successes. It's easier to vote for all conference linemen when you're, you know, running the ball well and you get a really good tailback or, you know, you're winning games. Teams tend to notice that more. Absolutely. It's always better to have some talented players. But of course, you know, you get to your level and that's what everybody's doing. They're all out there looking for the most talented guys. And, you know, you get them in your door. It doesn't mean that automatically those guys will be all conference performance. It does take uh, a plan. And you said a player led culture is a big part of it. So when those guys hold themselves accountable, that's going to go a long way. 
They have to have a great framework, though, right? They have to be able to increase their football IQ, which I know is something huge with you and permeates your culture. They have to you know, have a plan. They have to be getting great feedback. So a lot of those things that do go into creating that performance, and that's what we're going to focus on here today. So uh, I guess the, the thing now, let's take a look at where you're at. You, know, you mentioned that today you had your exit meetings with these guys, and now there's, there's eight weeks they're off on their own. So as you look at this, how does this – thing get kicked off now for their 2023 season yeah so the season unfortunately ended once we didn't uh, even though we won the conference we lost to a coin flip of the automatic qualifier for the fcs so we told those guys the day after uh, you know we're celebrating winning our our second conference championship or back-to-back championship that the 2023 season has started and it started with a, a major chip on our shoulder that you know being snubbed from the playoffs it is what it is can't control any of that stuff but, you know, if we're going to take the strides that we need to be successful on a national scale, it's got to be player-led and it's got to be an annual calendar. So those guys left today in terms of their player meeting, and they have eight weeks prior to them coming back on campus. Well, what are you going to do in those eight weeks that's going to separate you from – there's a lot of teams, really good FCS teams right now, that are still playing football, that are still – have a helmet and shoulder pads, still being able to get those reps and those drops in the bucket of whether it be steps or hand placement, all that kind of stuff. What are you going to do to keep up with, the, you know, the Joneses, if you, if you will, in terms of those that are still practicing? And then also better your best with your individual performance. Well, with eight weeks, you, you have a full cycle, in essence, of a weight room program prior to you getting back on campus. So, you know, the players, and they lead it. You know, we have a group chat. They're going to get the group chat going. Okay, who's lifted today? What indies are you doing today? I will prescribe for them for off-season development. We, you know, videotape our installs. We videotape teach tapes. Uh, it could be learning defenses. It could be a technique teach tape, run game emphasis, pass game emphasis. It could be uh, NFL tape. Whatever it is to spark some knowledge in them, those guys will end up, you know, watching those tapes and kind of having an organic conversation on our group chat about learning that stuff. And we have quizzes and ways to – you know, for those guys to do quizzes online so that they can keep up. You know, I told those guys, football, it's a use it or lose it deal. Okay, so if you're not constantly talking football all year long and you're giving yourself an eight-week break of talking about line calls, talking about defenses, protection, blitz pickups, all those things, well, eight weeks can turn into, you know, another eight weeks and 16, and then you get to spring ball and you're going, man, it feels like, forever since we've actually you know talked about this play and may come up you know three or four times during the year versus certain defense well if you're not doing that all the time you lose on that development you actually don't retain that knowledge as well you know especially if you're a guy that hasn't had significant snaps as a starter and played in those games and had to basically pass that test in in real time those guys have a great advantage of being able to learn those attributes, learn those plays, learn those techniques by the prescription of the plan that we have in our annual calendar. So this right now, this next week, this next eight weeks, while they're on their own, is very vital for one, can we trust them to get the job done? Are they willing to put the work in when there's no one forcing them to do it? But giving them a guideline in which and how to do it allows them to take a little bit of the free thinking out of it. They're not just going to go put some cones down and do some pass sets on their own and kind of, you know, film it and all that. No, here's the indies that we're getting done, and they're on our system. 
and you can access it. Well, here's four indies today. Here's your workout plan that's given through our strength staff. And then throughout the week, what individual teach tapes can you learn from? So, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a time and a place if you truly want to be successful, especially in offensive line play, whether it be in a development position. I don't think there's a time and a place to take a, a extended period off. And now, you can, you can let your body heal, and that's all fine, but you need to keep your mind and your learning constantly developing. In talking to you, you've certainly developed a bit of, of a formula in how this is done. While you've mentioned a lot of different things here that they're working on, this doesn't have to necessarily encumber a lot of time. In fact, a lot of what you do, I mean, is in very small segments, right? Being able to share small clips of this technique or that technique or to share something with them to bring it to their attention and get that conversation going. And, you know, we do live in a minute to two minute video clip world today. Everything's done in short spurts, but those still can be very useful in building that football IQ. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, your thoughts on best ways of getting that done, of, of creating that momentum for your guys and being able to learn and build that off season instead of sitting around and waiting for spring ball and some of the best things you've found right now to be able to get that done. Right. Uh, that's an awesome question. What I would say is less is more, but more is more. Okay. And what I mean by that is you don't want to have them, okay, you got to go watch a two-hour install on wide zone. Those guys are going to fast-forward it or not even look at it because they look at the end task and say, oh, man, it's so time-consuming. I don't know if I'm going to pick up every piece. So we take stuff and we segment it. Like you said, five, ten-minute deals. If you do five to ten minutes to 20 minutes of just film work a day and all you got to do is watch it and listen to it, it almost gets ingrained into you where you're constantly hearing calls, you're constantly hearing how we would ID this defense. What's some run plays that you'd like to run against that front? Are they gap sound? Are they not gap sound? Where's the tell on this defense? You know, sometimes it's just question led and they like to answer those questions. These guys are inquisitive. They're not just going to sit there and be drones and let you program them. They want to kind of learn organically so when you pose those questions for them and they're not stressed out about it, it's not fourth and one on the goal line, they have an opportunity to learn and learn at their pace, but knowing that I have to do what's right for the rest of the room. Like we have, like I said before, we have a very good uh, leadership of this room in terms of player accountability. They're going to hold each other accountable and they're going to laugh when, oh, I remember when I was a freshman and I didn't get this question right or this question correct the way that it should be so that's one of those things those guys take a lot of pride in they like it you know we kind of have a really good like o-line culture if there is such a thing of you know those guys love watching nfl guys you know they love watching the lineman lunch stuff they love watching uh fellows like jeff schwartz or or duke mannyweather and and they're um, clips that they put out about online training or whether it be a pancake of the day. You know, there's so much out there that they can learn from, but they enjoy it. They talk about it. Hey, did you see Trent Williams when they were running? I remember they were running the wide zone play and they put Trent in the backfield and he was on the quick sweep running a loaded wide zone. Like those guys talked about that for a week. So they enjoy it, but you kind of got to build that culture a little bit first of because they don't know what they don't know. You need to show them here's the end game of your development. Here's where we can get you each semester and each year, but you've got to be doing it all the time. It really is. When you think about it, it's, it's the Socratic method, right? And you're creating player led 
learning, which is good because in the off season you can't be there all the time to do it. You're on the road, you're regulated with you know what you can do as far as your your contact time with them, etc. So being able to you know get these guys to answer the questions and ask the questions of each other by just giving them a, a something and setting up them up initially with showing them something and maybe asking a question. So it's you know it really goes back to like I said, the Socratic method where uh, that's what you're trying to do. That it's not all just, you know, the professor standing up in front of the class and lecturing, which is a very passive way of learning. They're engaged in what's happening. Right. Like we have a baseline call system, not to get into too much of it, not to give away what we do specifically. But there's weeks where, hey, fellas, we got to change this up. They make the call. You know, when they have ownership of their learning and what they're saying and how they're doing it, those guys will will perform better because they feel like they're fully invested, too. It's not, hey, this is a let's just say, for instance, a deuce, you know, a common line call, if you will. Well, fellas, we got to do this, this and that. You know, you guys make the calls. Now they're fired up and sometimes they got to teach me what it is, which is great because now it's learning from them. Another thing that we do here that's outstanding is we had an opportunity to get guys to go to O-line masterminds this year down in Frisco, Texas through Duke Mannyweather. It was an outstanding event. All our all-conference players went there, and they got a chance to learn from you know, NFL Hall of Famers. They got a chance to learn from all these guys that are in the league currently and pick their brain. And The, the O-line culture is that of there's no ego. Everyone's trying to learn. We, we know that we can outwork some people, but we also got to outsmart some people, and they get an opportunity to do that. I'm excited for bringing these all-conference players down there this year, but it's just how much line, O-line stuff can you handle and how much we give you. That approach really makes it fun. It gives them ownership. Uh, it's something, you know, I learned the term uh, educated freedom from Andrew Coverdale, who's been on the podcast. He's He's the offensive coordinator at Cincinnati St. Xavier. Has won multiple state championships, uh, the places he's been. A great high school coach. But, you know, educated freedom to him means, you know, here's what we've set up so far. I'm going to teach you all this. You need to learn it this way first. But then after that, you know, it goes from little things like, hey, if, uh, if you need a, a little bit of a different alignment or split or, you know, whatever it might be to get it done then you have the ability to do it. You understand why you're doing it because you understand the, the framework that I've given you. But now you have the ability to take this further. And I think that's that's some of the, the best stuff is when your guys can come back to you and say, hey, Coach, you ever think about it this way? Sure. And now you're learning too, right? Now everybody's solving a problem and coming up with a better way. And it, it's a really fun way to coach. I mean, it's it's a lot different than you know command and control you know, I'm the coach. I tell you how to do it. You do it. If I say jump, you say how high. You know, there's, there's, uh, I think, a lot more ownership. And then that football IQ develops. And, and that's going to help you, as, as we said, the consistency that you create from year to year. It's going to help with that as well. That's one thing where, you know, I, I do give them parameters. They don't have free reign. But, like, say, for instance, you know, one-on-one pass rush. All right. You're having trouble with this rush move. Okay, tell me how you're going to defeat it. I'll tell you how I think you should. I'll tell you what I normally prescribe for that to be effective. With your knee braces, your hand size, your feet, your, you know, 
with length, what you can do, how are you going to get it done? And if you have something that may not be what the exact framework of what I've given you, well, let's go try it on one-on-ones as opposed to trying it on Saturday and, and in front of, you know, the fans and everyone yelling and screaming. Okay. You show me a couple times times one-on-ones. All right. I'll sign off on it. Let's go. Cause you never, I, I don't think you ever want to put handcuffs on a player. I know all line is very robotic and they're going to learn a lot of stuff because of that. I think they trust you that you will give them the right prescription to get the job done. But when they start taking ownership of how their body works and the mechanics of their feet and their foot length and their hand size and how long their arms are and all those things, when they start saying, all right, coach, I love it. Uh, it ain't working for me. Okay. Can I try this? If you say no, you now said the kid has no shot of getting the job done. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, there's clearly it's not getting done. He's trying to figure a way. You're trying to figure a way. I don't think you ever, you know, as many tools in the toolbox within reason. You don't have to be cute or fancy. This isn't a cute or fancy position by any means. But if there's another way to get it done, even though it might be non-conventional. I remember when we started with this wide zone deal, we started skip pulling on the backside to cut off the, you know, three techniques and, and you know, two eyes and all that. Well, why are you pulling on outside zone? That makes no sense. People look at you like you're crazy. 15 years ago, no one was dead ball snapping, you know, cone snapping, all that stuff. No, that's not how you shotgun snap. Now you see it in the NFL, okay? So what might be unconventional or or lack of knowledge of another technique doesn't negate the fact that that technique may work. Right. So you got to kind of put your ego in a pocket. That O-line play is usually that way. And you got to say, how the hell are we going to get this job done? And be goal-oriented, but understand the process is going to take you there to get it done. I agree with you 100%. And, and you get validation from that in a guest we had during the season, you know, fortunate with uh, Bob Wiley to be able to bring Joe Thomas on and talk to him. And the focus is, was on, you know, what is, what is good coaching? And one of the things he brought up is exactly what you said, is that his best coaches weren't forcing you to, to be, you know, a cookie cutter of everybody else, that they're was exactly like you said that bodies work a little bit differently they're built a little bit differently you know you know a little bit different angles all that and his best coaches found a way to let him learn how to adjust some of those things so they worked I mean you look at at Joe you look at his stance a very unique stance but it worked for him right and that's something that came through pretty clearly not just with with Joe but with uh, a lot of the guests we had on during the season on the Mushroom Society podcast but you know, when you hear a guy who's probably going to be in Canton this July, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, 10,363 10, consecutive snaps in the game saying this is what good coaching is. I think he knows a little bit about it. And it's exactly what you said right there on the approach you take with your guys to make it something that they own. You are, of course, guiding them, directing them, helping them get to that point. But in that process, they're going to learn the best way for them. And I think it's this way too. You know, I think it's a give and take thing. I think as you're, you're doing that and learning how to coach a certain guy, you're going to get a guy like that again. And you know how to apply things maybe a little bit differently in the future. Right. And that's one of those things that's, uh, I think what we tend to forget is that we're not going to put the helmet and shoulder pads on ever again. These guys can teach you just as much 
you know, as you can teach them if you put your ego in your pocket. We have a, a left tackle in Gavin Olson who uh, started off as a freshman, which I tell every offensive lineman, if you're starting as a freshman, you either you either are a freak or your team sucks, okay? And Gavin was a freak. Gavin started as a freshman in 2019 at right, at right tackle. The COVID spring at right tackle moved to right guard for our first conference championship in 2021 and then moved out to left tackle this year in uh, 2022 and was first team all-conference. Okay, I've learned probably more from him than he even realizes because you're talking about a guy that's played in three different positions. A right guard's different than a left tackle. A left tackle's really different than a right tackle at times, just the way your body has to move. So we would have these conversations, okay, what do we got to do with this stance to get this problem fixed? Well, sometimes when you're fixing one problem, you might open a little bit of another problem, and you're trying to correct them all. But Gavin was able to verbalize because he's very mature. He's an engineer, super cerebral, quiet, but when he's it is absolutely to the mark. And, you know, we can have those kind of mature conversations of, all right, here's what we got to do to get it done. And I love when you get opportunities as a coach to learn from one of your players, especially guys that are mature, that have that really care. Their, their you know, meter of, of care is very high. And they want to be successful and they want to have accolades, but they also want to have an opportunity to play after college. Those guys are, you know, one in a million. So anytime I have players that I can learn from and they can have a coherent adult, mature conversation about what we need to get done, man, those are opportunities. I think you can't pass up on as a coach. 100%. You know, one thing that I've found myself saying more and more as I talk to different coaches and, and listen to some of the things they do, you know, it's it's more about in in working with these guys, getting them to feel their technique, right? Getting them to understand what did that feel like instead of just telling them what you saw. Because ultimately they have to play by how things feel. I mean, they can't go through and say, okay, my foot goes here and this and that. I mean, it's all a feel. They're not going to look down and see how long that step is. They have to feel it. You know, in, in looking at it from that perspective, what are some of the things you do as a coach individually, you think, to, to get players to do exactly that, to feel their technique? Well, one thing that we invested in this year, you know, I, I, I know Coach Wiley talks about it all the time, the crawler sled. We we in of course, we have, you know, the pants sled. We have the crawler sled. It's the best football equipment. You can fight me if you think otherwise. But we have what is called the climb sled. And I believe um, Coach Callahan, with help of Coach Peters there at the Browns, uh, developed this new Ray Crawler sled. And this isn't a, a plug. I mean, we paid full price for ours. But it is a, when, you, when you're teaching the hip roll, the contact, getting your feet in the ground, staying grounded, driving on the rise, all those things, this vehicle this this apparatus will not move unless you hit it correctly you know so it is about as true of a in the run game you know for you to feel your technique if you get caught up on one foot it doesn't move if you don't keep your core and your hips engaged it doesn't move you can't muscle it it's too heavy you have to you know basically do a power clean into it to get it to move it's one of those deals where we take our freshmen and we put them on there and we film it you know when they first get here and then after their freshman year, you know, we did it in our one of our last meetings with those guys. We showed them where they're at. I mean, there were some guys that couldn't move it two feet when they first got here. And now they're taking it for a ride. And now the ride's going faster. And they're turning their hips over. And they're in a good position 
you know, a good neck position to not, you know, make sure they're reducing themselves from injury. They're, they're playing long, all those things that you want in the run game. You know, they're like, Oh my God, you guys recruited me off that freshman tape. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) Just to see whether, but that's, that's one tool outside of that. I mean, you just got to do it. You know, you can say iron sharpens iron. We have a really good D line here. We go against them every day. They're going to feel their technique. They can cut up on one foot. They're going to get buried, but there's not a lot, a lot outside of that. Now we'll do some, some, you know, eyes closed hand stuff where, you know, someone's applying pressure to me and pass pro I'm sitting in the chair. I got my eyes closed and I feel his movement, you know, that kind of thing to kind of feel in my, in my sit it all of a sudden that he puts a bull rush on me. Can I stop the bull or I get up on one foot and get walked back? You know, we do some of those where it's more you're, you're taking away. It's some sensory deprivation, which allows for other sensors to develop. If you will, if you take away the eyes, your hands, you know, your feel of those things sometimes increases. I'm, not, I'm no sports uh, physiologist by any means <laughs> on that stuff, but those have been helpful. Yeah. So I think the last component of this is in, in the consistency is – about what you're going to do here too, you, the coach. So of course you're going to set these guys up. You're going to set their learning up. You're going to, you know, ask them good questions to get them thinking to get the, get the player-led learning going. Uh, but you're always developing as well, right? You have to keep developing in this oh, game. Yeah. So, so what's your approach to this particular off season and, you know, coming out of of 22? Anything that you feel uh, you want to learn more about? Yeah, so every year, just personally and professionally, I will take one position group on the field and I'll try to find some leaders in the industry, uh, you know, four or five guys to Zoom with me to teach me that position. So there may be crossover teaching. I remember I met with a special teams guy and he said, you know, and everything we do in special teams is follow me, man, follow me, man, follow me, man. Well, what greater kind of little coaching cue for offensive line play? I got a quarterback behind me, follow me, man. All right. Okay, that might be a, a, a easier way of saying things. I so, sometimes, you know, we'll make sure that there's an economy of language in terms of how I coach. You don't want to be overly detailed, and the guy's going to forget what the hell you even said. So you want to kind of keep your coaching to a minimum, trying to get those buzzwords, you know, this off season. How can I teach this cleaner? How can I say it easier? When, where's the missing link with this guy in terms of, how can I make the game slow down for him, get him to where I want him to be, but not have to be reading off a thesaurus to get him there? That's what I do in the offseason. So every year I'm going to try to find some you know, easier, cleaner uh, coaching cues. Um, I'm going to learn another side, another position group that I don't coach. Um, mostly I focus on defense. If I can learn what the linemen are doing. No, there's not a lot of D-line coaches in the country that want to sit with me and teach me, you know, how they go through their processes and stuff. But a lot of DB coaches, man, I love DB coaches because you playing on an island at corner is no different than playing left tackle, moving backwards in a dominant position, eye training, hand training, confidence. You know, you got to be a really – doesn't matter if you're, you know, a big dog or, or a chihuahua. you got to be confident playing those two positions. Love talking to DB coaches about it. Special teams, like I said, you can learn from that stuff. But always improving. There's always something to be learned, and somebody always says something better. So how can I clean up that teaching? And especially when I I do a whole segment in summer called football school where all they learn is defenses. 
and they're not even talking about our plays because I truly believe as an offensive lineman, you can eliminate half your mistakes just knowing where and where they can hurt you. So if I'm in this front, I should know our, you know, what, what our OC is thinking, what the run game is thinking, what do we like to run versus this look, what do we need surface-wise, do we need a tight end over here to block this one, or can we do it to an open side? What is that safety telling me? What is that corner's leverage telling me? I can eliminate a lot of stuff with a D-end. If I'm a boundary left tackle, I can eliminate about 50% of what that boundary D-end can do just by looking at his stance and finding out where the near safety is, or linebacker leverage, if you will. Knowing which way he can go, what games they run out of that stuff, I can eliminate half my issues and be strong where I know that most likely the percentages say he's going to attack me. By having that, it's like a cheat sheet to the test. You know, I think we so much as offensive linemen um, and just offensive guys in general, we study so much of what we do and we, you know, shoot, you got to block the guys in front of you. Let's study what they do to true detail and understand how certain coverages affect certain run fits so we could have a better, what might be a better Mike ID of a front. It right. might be, a, you know, a call that we make that turns into a three-man zone or it turns into a sort and protection because, hey, this is where it looks like they're going to hurt us. Let's let's get in the right stuff. And I love it. I absolutely love when the players come up to me and say, hey, coach, can we use this call? What do you think about this call versus this front? Hey, I got a tilt nose here. What do you think about that? That's when you know, you know you're hitting the mark as a coach, when they're organically asking you for stuff that they have, in, you know, another tool in their toolbox, another call, another three-man combination, a, like I said, a sort and protection. When they can start doing that stuff and start auto-correcting, that's when it really gets fun. Absolutely. You know? But they got to have a baseline. They got to have a foundation of knowledge to be able to get them to that. And if they only know your playbook and don't know about the fellows and the types of fronts you're going to see in front of them, they're at a loss. I personally believe. Well, Matt, again, congratulations on the year. Uh, I know uh, there's unfinished business for you and your guys. So it's always uh, a good way to start with that little bit of a chip on your shoulder, but I really appreciate you taking the time and, and talking about some of these things today that go into creating some consistent performance and really sharing a, a wide range of ideas here with us and certainly you're welcome back on the podcast at any time well i appreciate it thank you so much keith always a pleasure working with you you know it's top-notch programming and uh, i look forward to the next time we get to talk